Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brad Bernard, Alex Brad Bernard Rasmussen, Mike Molina, Tevin Pittman, and we'll be right back. Tim Lammers with us still too, right? Yes, sir. Excellent. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. I have some dreams there Tom Bernard Show, part two. Tim Lammers with us. So, Tim, anything at all coming up in, in in movies in the next three months, next 90 days, anything? Uh, what are you doing there, Tim? Tim. Oh, sorry, sorry. My computer is uh, running out of juice, and I just asked my wife to bring a cord up. Sorry, I'm here. So, where were you guys on the... Where were you guys in Studio A for about two minutes there? No, uh, the computer just crapped out on me. Oh, good start to the week. And it's a Monday. What are you going to do? To be expected. Well, we're moving into new studios in uh, about six weeks. Six weeks, brand new studios, life will be grand. Uh, We watched a new um, series. Is it? No, it's not Netflix. It's a Hulu original. Hulu, yeah. Looming Towers. Looming, or the, the Looming Tower. Yeah. You guys seen The Looming Tower? Nope. nope. No, I have not. Well, that puts a damper on that. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. I'm, you know, I'm still trying to finish up The Punisher so I can get to Jessica Jones. So 
you know, you know, I get there. We watched the actually. I think I've watched a few episodes of the Punisher. That's a pretty good show, actually. It's a great show, and you know, it's interesting because obviously it's it's rooted in the whole comic book thing, but it is not a comic book show. You know, it's 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 no. really more like an action, gritty action crime drama throughout the whole thing. There's no fantastical elements about it at all. You no. know, which is what I like about the Netflix Marvel stuff. It's all grounded in reality. Yeah, the the Punisher's good. The Looming Tower. Uh, we watched. There are six episodes of it so far. It's got everybody. Alec Baldwin actually uh, is in it. He plays George Tennant in it. It names real. Oh, really? Pe- yeah. It names real people in real situations. And it uses real footage. It. What it does amazingly to me is it blames the attack on the towers, and this is on Hulu now, so it's not exactly your Fox television or anything like that. Uh, it blames the the bombing of the towers in New York on Bill Clinton, basically because his no atten- kidding yeah wow. because they said he was distracted by the Monica Lewinsky thing and that's all he was thinking about was the Monica Lewinsky thing and yeah. several things happened and he just ignored them his administration ignored them. It's yeah. pretty interesting. Now, this does now I'm putting this on my list. This sounds really interesting. Yeah, the first episode we weren't sold on it. It wasn't because all of you know I. I think this is the new formula. They make it so that everybody is obnoxious and you can't stand any of the characters. And then all of a mm-hmm. sudden in like episode three, their humanity comes out and then you know who to like. I think right. that's kind of the new for- formula. Why would they do that, though? I, I don't know. Probably because they just don't want a clear-cut um, vision of who's good and who's bad, you know, like an old, old-timey old model. It's just the new thing to do. And also <laughs> the editing is kind of odd. It is, yeah. Every once in a while they'll just cut to something you're like what is this and why is this here it just kind of yeah it's it's a little rough in some spots but it's getting better and better laura michaels how many is on episodes the are there i think there's six six yeah, yeah. total okay yeah, yeah i definitely gotta see that yeah, it's only two weeks old so it is on hulu so you can What's watch only it there two weeks old looming yeah. tower Oh, really? It's only two weeks old? Mm-hmm. Oh. I didn't know that. I had no idea. But February 28th. Yeah, Laura, Laura. Is it one of those they release one a week sort of things? I well, th- think maybe. Yeah, well, all of them are on Hulu now, right? Yeah. Well, it premiered on Hulu, so I think it was produced maybe by Hulu. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. yeah. They're doing the original series thing like Netflix does. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, they've done a few of those. I mean, not nearly as many as Netflix, but yeah, they've they well, Handmaid's Tale is one of them right. that Hulu yep. produced. There's only four out right now. Next ones are coming out the 14th and the 21st. So yeah, once a week. Oh, so there are only four. Oh. Out. So we've seen all but one of them. Oh, okay. So we'll have to keep up with that. But uh, yeah, I, first episode we kind of went. Oh, it's another one of these. It's kind of like uh, Homeland. And, yeah, that's what uh, you said. Yeah. It reminded you of Homeland, which it did. So you weren't all that hot about it, but after episode two, you're like, let's watch another one. Yeah, we stayed with it. it it's pretty good. There's a lot of good stuff on. T- obviously, there's too much good stuff on TV right now. You cannot possibly watch all these shows, and a lot of them are really damn good. Well, my favorite, and I've said this before, right now, season three, baby, Ash versus Evil Dead. I know. I do like Ash versus Evil Dead. <laughs> It's great stuff. You know, Tim, it's, it's not over the great. top at all. It's not over the top at all. No, 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 the gore and the blood, no, no, but it's funny, and it's not afraid to be what it is, you know. They're, 
you know, uh, Ash is a character that stuck in, you know, the 80s, and he's very, very inappropriate, which is something yes. you can't get away with a lot these days. So That's I think fact. it's funny. It, it, and, you know, just entertaining. It's, it's, you know, all rooted with the Sam Raimi stuff, and, you know, Sam and I are, we go, we go way back. Sure. You know? You and Sam, I, I was thinking <laughs> about that. There's no question about it. you and Sam Raimi. You're the one that had the talking goat idea, weren't you? <laughs> no, not exactly. That is yeah, the worst. No, I, I actually thought that was that, that was a good movie to drag me to hell. Oh, um, I hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when that goat starts swearing, calling everybody mother effers, and it's like, oh, God, a goat. Okay, whatever you yeah. say, goat. It's a reference to Baphomet. Baphomet? Yes. What's that? He's a goat demon kind of thing oh, in, um, Baphomet, yeah, in okay. a pagan lore. Yeah, well, this thing, it's just, it's so far over the top. But yeah, I mean, along that line, you got you got Ash versus Evil Dead, you got uh, Stan versus Evil, which is written by Dana mm-hmm. Gould, our pal Dana Gould. Uh, they're, they're just, seriously, people tell me about these series all the time, and I can't possibly get to all of them. There are so many series on so many networks now. Uh, Catherine and I watched the Joel McHale show. Um, Netflix trending, is that... Is that pretty accurate, do you think, Tim, or do they just try to promote shows that they want to promote? I, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of an iffy deal because they will not release how well their shows do. That's what I thought. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, naturally, um, some shows do better than others. Otherwise, they wouldn't cancel shows because I do believe right. they've canceled shows. Well, have they so really? I, I, I don't know. Does anybody know of a, a show that Netflix canceled? Because I, I, I do not. No. So I think did they canceled Daredevil. I'm pretty sure they have. Uh, oh, they did cancel Daredevil. I, I think they at least, at least they put it on the back burner as they were releasing all these other shows. Because I know that oh, they have cut a lot of P, of shows. Really? Like what? Marco Polo. Never even heard of it. Uh, Longmire, Lilyhammer. Well, Hemlock Longmire Grove. came to an end though. That that they didn't cut it. That just came to an end. Well. Lilla Hammer. Oh, Sense Eight. They caught probably because it's the worst show ever made. What is it? Sense Eight. What is that? It's so bad. That's it's a Netflix. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Marco Polo and Sense Eight. Um, Lily Hammer. I've heard of, but I don't know why. Yeah, that, that's Little Steven. Yeah. So they've cut shows. They've cut a few, but Longmire just came to an end. They they didn't cut that. It just it came to an end. Catherine, I think I have four episodes left. In that series, because that started out on A&E and then ended up over on Netflix. Joel McHale's show started as The Soup on E! Network. I haven't... Is E! Network now, is that all their programming for people under 11 years old? <laughs> Might be. Honestly. But I, I have to tell you quickly that you know who they did cancel also before Joel McHale came along was uh, Chelsea Handler. They canceled oh, her that's show. that's right. She's just hit the wall, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but but E, you know, you're talking about the Kardashians, right? I mean, yes. that's yep. who they pretty much aim their programming at, isn't it? I think so. It's a, yeah, it's pretty much your Ryan Seacrest network is what it is. It, it, whatever he produces. Oh, remember they tried to put Knock Knock Live on ABC Television. Oh God, it lasted one episode, I believe. That was a Ryan yeah. Seacrest brainchild. That didn't work out too well. Now did it? Well, I suppose he has to justify his pay somehow because he's making a gazillion dollars. He over is there. making a ton of dough, but uh, 
Yeah, here we go. Knock, knock. Uh, two episodes. Two episodes. Two. Mm-hmm. There's two whole episodes that lasted. And it was all, it was a game show about. It was a reality show. Oh, it was a reality show. Guest celebrities in Seacrest would visit the homes of ordinary people and give them a prize such as cash or a new car. And that's it. So it's look how wonderful I am. Yeah. They would just go to people's oh, houses God. and give them stuff. Oh, God. Is that horrible? Wow. That sounds really well. No wonder it died in two episodes. Yeah, no wonder it died in two episodes. This is exactly right. Um, I don't know. You, you guys seen anything new at all? Yes, I have. What? It's my new favorite show. I just watched it last night with Dan. It's the same people that did the OJ thing. Mm-hmm. It's called Unsolved. Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> oh, good and God. And it's going through, <laughs> and it goes through the whole thing, and it's so freaking good. We watched the first episode last night, and Dan is a very big Tupac fan. And the casting is just so good. They look so much like them, and I'm very excited about it. I have a question. How does a kid who grew up in Wilmer become a huge Tupac fan? He's cultured, Tom. He's super cultured. He's I mean, cultured. He went to, <laughs> Dad, he went to St. Thomas. I mean, oh, that's right. It doesn't get there much more of... hood than that. Wait, is, is it St. Thomas, Thomas so close? Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, very, very hood, no question. I think uh, basically, see, he likes so much, he just calls him Pac, doesn't he? Yeah. Pac. Yeah, he drops the two. Yeah. He just drops the two. A lot of people are dropping the two now. The Pac. Pac. I just go with Pac. Yep. That's one thing I honestly got. When I go to a grocery store, it's mostly at the grocery store. And you hear these, you know, obviously upper middle class white kids trying to talk street. It, I, um, I feel it like is, vomiting. Yeah, it's sad. Well, they've been oh, doing that for decades. They People, have. they were doing that when I was a kid. Yeah, but unless they're going to say something like freaky deaky, I don't want to hear it. At least that was funny. Jive turkey. <laughs> jive turkey. Listen, you jive turkey, y'all trying to be all freaky deaky on me. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. It's just, it's a weird deal. So so you were watching Tupac and Biggie, huh? Yep. Unsolved. So have you taken a side yet, East Coast or West Coast, Alex? Well, I, there's so many things that I didn't know about this whole situation. Like, a lot of people think that the cops were involved in their murders. Oh, and of course, of course they, they, do. they do. No, there was like, there was, so after both of them were murdered, there was a cop that was shot by another cop that was undercover. And mm-hmm. it turns out that the cop that was killed was like hanging out with Suge Knight and all this stuff. And he seems like very sketchy, but he was also a cop, but he was an undercover cop. Uh-huh. And so there's I there's a lot more that I need to find out, obviously, but I I can see. So you're going to dedicate your life to I'm watching very, Tupac and Biggie. Yep, we watched one episode last night. We have right. another episode recorded, and I was like, "Let's watch the next one." And Dan was like, "No, we need to go to sleep." So like yeah. never. And if you really want to go down the rabbit hole, you can find YouTube videos where they try to give you evidence that Tupac is still alive yeah, still and fake his own death. Yeah, yep. there was a point in my life where I believed that on like yeah. September. 23rd and 2020 he's going to be come back cause okay that, yeah so okay he might not be why 2020 the, i don't know there was some like where that he has like for uh, whatever it is machiavelli that's some date that he came back or faked his death whatever so oh, there's a bunch okay. of strings connected and yeah when i was in college i was convinced 100 percent that he was coming back 
Interesting. Yeah, a lot of people think he's alive. People, the guy that yeah, plays people him. People can't. Tupac. Who, let me let me find out. Well, I'm sure that Dad's never heard of him, but who? still, the guy who played Tupac. He looks um, so much like this? him. Tupac versus Biggie or some crap? It's unsolved. Tupac. Alex, did you say that the people that did American Crime Story did this? Yeah, it's the same people that did, yeah. Unsolved. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems perfect for an American Crime Story. Yeah, seriously. I haven't seen the Gianni Versace one yet. I'd love to see that. What? Versace? There's a Gianni yeah, that's, Versace? Yeah, that's supposed to be really good. I didn't know about this. Where is yeah, that? Yeah, guy from Minnesota yeah. killed him. Hmm. What? We're it started, I don't know, a few weeks ago, but um, uh, on FX, the first one was OJ, and now it's Johnny Versace. <gasps> and um, who is all? Oh, Ricky Martin's in it. Um, Edgar Ramirez plays Johnny Versace. Somebody else. Uh, uh, one of the kid, the kid from the kid from Glee actually plays Cunanan, the guy that uh, the murderer. I need to watch it. We're going to have to catch up with it in the next segment because I'm telling you, I'm on pins and needles. I am. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to hanging out on the dock with family and friends. Let Flow enhance your experience with their rock-solid dock systems. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Flow boat lifts are a breeze to level using a cordless drill with their patented easy level system. Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Visit Flow at the Northwest Sports Show at the Minneapolis Convention Center, March 22nd through the 25th. Be sure to ask for the show special, where with a qualified purchase, you'll receive a free three-piece furniture set or free wireless remote. And mention you heard this ad on KQ for an additional $50 off a dock or lift system. To find out more about Flow Systems, visit their website at floeintl.com. Flow Docks and Lifts, a better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location. And those unwanted pounds, they're going fast. Unlike any other weight loss program, Nutramost is so easy. And they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a free informational dinner where you too can learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner. It's Tuesday, April 3rd, 6 p.m. at Jake's City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited, so call 763-333-7337 now to register. That's 763-333-7337. That's the way it is. Come on. Come on. That's just the way it is. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Alex has ruined the show by watching Tupac and Biggie, because now we have to hear that. so good, and I'm so excited. You love that one Tupac song. Yeah, California Love. It's the only rap song I like. No, it's not true. I like uh, Sugar Hill Gang, too. Rapper's Delight. You do like rappers. It was the first rap song that we all have ever heard. That's why we call it hip-hop. If, yep. if hip-hop were in when you were a 
teenager, you would have been all over no it. Way. <laughs> totally. yeah. No way. Totally. Yeah. Like, you would have been, you would no have been a rapper. Uh, I can guarantee no it. <laughs> I was a teenager when it was new and I was not. So much of it is just so, so bad. There is no way that I would have... I like singers too much. I like people who can sing. Yeah, that's and a thing. There are very few people who can sing anymore. Rap Tupac went to lazy. Juilliard. Oh, did really? he? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was a big what did he theater, study, theater guy. Yep. And he read a lot. And he's, uh, a, yeah, well, I know. he's an intelligent I like Tup- individual. Tupac. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying they're all idiots, just most of them. <laughs> no, there, are, there are a lot of idiots. Yes. Wiz Khalifa is a great human being. Wiz Khalifa? Yeah. Is he still even around? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, duh. Oh, he is. Drake? Yeah, duh. D- from DeGrassi? Who even plays that? Who, does anybody play that in the, in the Minneapolis St. Paul market anymore? Is B96 still around? Oh, no. Yeah. There's no, uh, B96. Yeah, Go Radio. There's one in the, no. the Cumulus building, the Vibe. Oh, Vibe, yeah. Oh, is that hip hop? Yep. Zany's a good guy. I met, I met Zany a few times. He's a good guy. So I don't know. I, I, it's just I I just hate it because it destroyed the rhythm and blues market. I like R and B music, and mm-hmm. it doesn't even exist anymore. Basically, no. And today's today's hip hop is absolutely terrible. Yeah, like it's the Twenty One Savage, Lil Yachty, Lil Pump, mumble rapping. That's <laughs> Little Yachty. Yeah, there's some bad <laughs> the music being played. <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? Look up a Lil Yachty song once, and I've you'll never probably heard hate of me. Yeah. Lil, Lil Yachty. <laughs> or like Lil Pump. or yeah, Lil Pump. Tump, type in mumble rapping, and that's what people are into today. Oh, what? Yeah, it's, it's not okay. good. Lil Pump. Who can play it on the air? Because I want to hear I want to hear some mumble rapping. Make sure you find some unedited ver- or edited versions for when Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, they got to drop the f bomb in there. <laughs> Although, if they drop the big N, who cares? Let's just put it out there. You know, <laughs> God, I don't know. It's just—it's not my kind of music. I don't care for it. Never have cared for it. Uh, I just—it just took the place of R and B, and I'm not happy with that. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, you lost something that was near and dear to you, Tom. And you're just exactly. one of those, you're like the guy, the old guy on the on the porch. That's the get off my lawn type of guy. I feel like. Old guy on the porch. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's what like I am. yelling at the squirrels for climbing in the trees in your yard. And... I've been doing that for years. I've been doing that for years. So that's all I have to say. Fox aired its controversial O.J. Simpson the Lost Confession special Sunday night featuring clips from an interview he gave back in 2006 to Judith Regan about how the murders of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman might have happened. The interview never aired back then, in part because of public backlash. Fox's two-hour special included commentary from a panel discussing the case and it put a focus on domestic violence, details, and reaction. His own words... See a key portion of the interview in which Simpson talks about the murders. He refers to a friend named Charlie being with him and handing him a knife. Now, most people believe there's no such person as Charlie. He just made it up, right? Uh, Simpson talks about going to Nicole's house on Charlie's suggestion to confront her and getting into an argument outside with Goldman, who arrived soon after. That drew out his ex-wife per CBS as things got heated. I just remember Nicole fell and hurt herself, and this guy Goldman kind of got into a karate thing. And I said, well, you think you can kick my ass? And I remember grabbing the knife. I do remember that portion, taking a knife from Charlie. And to be honest, after that, I don't remember, except I'm standing there, and there's all kind of stuff around. 
he would clarify later and say blood and stuff. So he confessed to it, basically. Not basically, he confessed to yeah. it. Yeah. Well, there's nothing hypothetical about what you just said. Like, where does he say? No. I would have I, I would have blacked out, and then, yeah, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, you hear that from people that go into an absolute rage that they they don't remember. I mean, I don't know if that's an excuse because it's yeah. a court case, usually, or if that's true. I don't know. Yeah. Well, blacking out isn't a, uh, it's not a defense anyway. You can't black out and then kill people and then get away with it just because you blacked out. It's right. still something you did. Yeah, it does make the difference between a death penalty thing, though, I think, and Who, charges. Who's Charlie? The panel thinks Charlie's just a voice inside his head, writes Noel Murray at the New York Times. It's all very odd. Still, Simpson's description of the attack sounds anything but, hypo- anything but hypothetical. Yeah. Uh, so was his gripping or gross, he asks, and his answer is both. Though exploitative at times, it's better to have this interview out in the world rather than locked away. Uh, in Darden's view, I think he confessed to murder, said panelist Christopher Darden, who was one of the prosecutors in Simpson's trial, who did a horrible job, by the way, yes. for the Washington Post. He may try to describe it as hypothetical, but of course it becomes, I, I, I did this, I felt this, I saw this. He said, this notion of Charlie... Charlie is O.J. This is no hypothetical. This is reality. Kristen Baldwin at Entertainment Weekly hates the decision by Fox to air the interview, saying the network fell off the human decency wagon and thinks uh, we learned little. It wasn't so much hypothetical as incoherent, she writes. Much like Geraldo Rivera's anticlimactic live opening of Al Capone's vault. Come on, there was a Pepsi bottle in there. (laughs) I think it's different. You opened the vault and there was a Pepsi bottle in there. Uh, Decider ticks off 13 memorable parts of the special, including Simpson's downplaying of a domestic abuse incident. And by the way, CNN points out, O.J. Simpson will not make any money off the airing of the interview. It notes that Fox stood to gain by airing the show against the ABC premiere of former Fox hit American Idol. So they ran this just to try to battle American Idol. I doubt it. That's what she's saying. saying, That's what CNN's saying. O.J. might not make money directly off of it, but indirectly he'll... I'm sure. Yeah, that's the thing. He stays money. in the spotlight. Yeah. Well, now, if he, yeah, he stays in the spotlight, but any money he makes goes to the Goldmans, doesn't it? Forever? Except for his pension. He has his NFL pension. They can't have that, but everything else he makes, they get it, I think. Oh, really? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. So, yeah, he didn't make any money off it. He just, he wants to stay front and center. Well, I watched that. Um, series about OJ and it does seem like OJ is all about fame. No. Just a guess that he just really wants people to pay attention to him. Yeah, I suppose. I, the whole, I cannot believe that was 24 years ago, first of all. That is amazing. It is unbelievable that that was 24 years ago that that happened. But I, I don't know. How old is OJ now? Is he what, he's 70 some 71 or 2 or something like that? I think he's uh, 70. Yeah, around there. He's only 70? That's it. You know, he's had a, he's had some bumps in the road. Yes, he my, is 70. One of my favorite things about that OJ trial, but you guys are too young to remember, is his his grandma Eunice. Mhm. Or Eunice, I think it was Eunice she pronounced it. It's Eunice, but I think she pronounced it Eunice. And for some reason, O.J. Simpson's son, Jason, was at the trial, too. And for some reason, Eunice kept saying over and over, Jason's not gay. 
What? <laughs> what? What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. What do you mean Jason's not? And she kept saying it. She goes, Jason's not gay. Jason's not gay. What? <laughs> but now, Eunice is the grandmother of... Eunice is not O.J.'s mother, right? Now, the reason I ask that is because because O.J. Simpson had a huge problem with the fact that his father was a cross-dresser. Yes, oh, that's she right. was his mom. Eunice, Eunice was O.J.'s mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, but, but they talked about the fact that his father, O.J. Simpson's father, was a cross-dresser and then eventually came out as gay and moved in with another man. And apparently it drove O.J. crazy because the kids in the neighborhood wouldn't stop torturing him over it. So that's why they think the guy, first of all, it pushed him to succeed beyond expectations. And he certainly did that at USC. Uh, he broke the 2,000-yard barrier in the NFL, although he did not have a great NFL career, but he was not with a very good team. So, you know, you, you have to kind of look past that. But um, from what I understand, his childhood, he was tortured by the local kids because his dad would show up in public dressed as a woman. And back then, you know, 60 years ago, whatever that was, nobody had ever talked much about that. It was Everything was under wraps and... 60 years ago, I, you know, I guess being gay wasn't the greatest thing in the world to other people. I don't know. But apparently it drove him crazy. Well, from what I remember about that special, too, is O.J. wasn't very nice to his friends. No, he was not. Um, you know, we have a friend that was a bouncer at the bar that O.J. used to hang out at in, in Buffalo, and he said O.J. was a jerk to everybody, and especially if he started drinking, then it was... You know, no holds barred. It was he would just go off the deep end, and I guess it was a huge pain in the ass. But I mean, O.J. Simpson is. Do you think he's well? He has. He's a beyond a sociopath. He's a psychopath. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. So. He's a psychopath. He's so far around around the bend because he had both worlds. He was tortured as a kid by the neighborhood kids. Then he became extremely successful uh, in college. And in because uh, I believe uh, you guys might know this better than I. I think OJ for his first two years of college went to a junior college, and then USC picked him up as a running back. He only was at USC I think for two years. That I don't remember. I'm pretty sure that was a situation. And then uh, drafted by the Buffalo Bills, ended up moving out there. But he had tremendous success. He became very famous. He became very wealthy. Uh, he was. I mean, his acting career was not was not flailing at all when this all happened. He he couldn't stay married. He was married, what, twice or three times? I think twice. I know he was married twice. That I do know. He was married twice at least. But um, he just couldn't deal with the fact that he was this movie star. And I, I may, it was one of those situations probably he needed love so badly he just couldn't get enough love, and it drove him crazy, you know? But from what I understand, he used to dominate people like there's no tomorrow. In other words, I have to, like if you're Nicole Simpson, Nicole Brown Simpson, I have to make you love me. That's just how it is. You have to love me, and I have to make you love me. Well, then you shouldn't have beat her up. Well, but that's what that I'm saying. Help. If you don't do what I want you to do, then I'm going to harm yeah. you. Uh, so he I had problems, know. big time problems. He had big had time problems. mental problems, there's no doubt about that. I uh, love this. The guy from the club came up and was like, hey, O.J. Simpson's here. And he said he wants to Chappelle? meet you. I said, what? Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. I ran down the steps. 
And OJ was down there, he was like, hey, yo, man, how are you? It's very good to meet you. And uh, you're doing really good work, and I hope good things happen for you in your life. I was like, man, thanks, Mr. Juice. <laughs> Standing beside him, well, I don't know the nice way to say this, uh, his soon-to-be slain wife. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, man the fuck up, or you're not going to make it through the end of this show. Just man the fuck up. She's dead. You already know. We know what happened. We don't know who did it, but we know what happened. The I should tell you, that woman was very nice to me. She actually embraced me. She said, I think you're adorable. And she hugged me. She goes, good luck to you. And she held me for a long time. And I whispered in her ear, bitch, are you trying to get us both killed? <laughs> <laughs> that is very funny. Chappelle's great. <laughs> Chappelle's about as good as it gets. He just is a... You know what's so great about Dave Chappelle? He is just 100% honest in, in his... Oh, yeah. His humor. This, the reason they tell me he walked away from uh, his Comedy Central TV show is because he was getting so much pressure from people like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton because they were telling him, man, you got to stop this. You're making white people laugh at us. And, and that's apparently why he walked away from $50 million. So, well, he made you know, it all back to his Netflix. See, mm -hmm. He certainly did. He does rather well in, in, uh, in touring. That TV show was funny, though, man. That white family with the big N last name and the milkman. He played the milkman. Yes. Come in. Good morning, big N. How's everybody today? Say, did you hear who Susie's dating? She's dating that big N boy. His last name. It's his last name. Yeah. I mean, that was funny stuff. Yeah. He That's didn't all. skirt social issues. No, he did not. Uh, did a great job writing that show, as a matter of fact. No doubt about that. We will take a quick break. We will be right back. We have a guest coming up, right? Yes. Next segment, guest coming mm -hmm. up, Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. And while other sellers and real estate agents hibernate, the Chris Lindahl team is selling homes like hotcakes. Chris has done a great job. We have our house on the market with Chris right now, as a matter of fact. And the video he did is amazing. The Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team for a reason. They play to win. And they've got the skilled players to sell your home fast. In fact, they sell a home on average every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. At 763-401-SOLD, the first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. <laughs> hey. 
We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Bernard Show. Little Duran Duran, known those guys since they were teenagers. Unbelievable. Not like I hang out with them now, but it is what it is. Our special guest, Ruth King. How are you doing, Ruth? Marvelous. Could you turn her up a little bit? I can barely hear her. Yep. If that'll work, thank you very much. Sorry, Ruth. I just couldn't hear you very well. I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing uh, very well now. I can hear you wonderfully. Well, good. I'm uh, glad you that. Hear that. Yes, you sound. You sound terrific, Ruth. Ruth King, our special guest. You won't believe what people pilfer from work. I would like to say, Ruth, that I wouldn't believe it, but I believe every word if it's <laughs> the truth. It's, it's really sad. <laughs> That. It is amazing. I just uh, the book is called "The Ugly Truth About Cash." What is the ugly truth about cash, Ruth? It's the fact that if you are not paying attention, small business owners trust too much, and people will steal from you. It's either going to be stealing time, it's going to be stealing money, or it's going to be stealing stuff. One of the three. Pay attention. Tom has some experience with that. Yeah, I've got a lot of experience with that, actually, Ruth. People working with me and for me, they think uh, if there's cash to be had that they should take it all, and that's all there is to it. It's unbelievable. Well, you're made of money, right? Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, well, that's what what everybody (laughs) thinks. Of course, nobody is. Uh, Well, I I suppose Jeff Bezos is made of money, but uh, that's a different deal. (laughs) Ruth King reveals many of the ways thieves steal from hardworking entrepreneurs. This book gives business owners what to look out for and the procedures to implement that will protect their hard-earned cash and assets. Through stories and lessons learned from entrepreneurs who have been there, you'll discover how to handle such situations as uh, my bookkeeper was going through a nasty divorce, Oh, you don't want a bookkeeper going through a nasty divorce. No, you do not. Definitely you? do not. <laughs> so, Ruth, you just you just fire him just out of, say, I'm sorry, you're going through a divorce, you're fired. I don't know if you can do that. I don't think Why you not? can. Well, the reality is, is you may not want to do that. You just have to watch carefully. The, the really sad part about that story is that the bookkeeper forged a check because she started thinking emotionally rather than rationally. And she knew that right. the company actually loaned money to employees because she took it out of payroll deduction every week. But she turned, uh, you know, emotional rather than thinking rationally when she needed $3,000 for her divorce attorney and didn't have it. And as a result, she spent three years in, in jail and screwed up her whole uh, career because she wasn't thinking right. So you don't think that it was just malice. She just, she was so beside herself in the divorce process that she made do you think it was kind of a mistake she just didn't did she not realize what she was doing well i think she was so emotional she couldn't think rationally and right her attorney calls her on tuesday and says i need three thousand dollars by friday and if i don't have it i'm going to drop your case and she went off the deep end didn't think oh god yeah now you also advise people don't give out bonus checks why what happens with bonus checks we had a guy, um, had to be a young millennial, sorry, but it probably was. Who, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Who, who was probably bragging to his friends of the amount of his bonus check because it was a really, really good year. And the friend said, nah, you didn't make that much or something along those lines. So he took a picture of the check, routing uh, number, account uh, number, and everything, and put uh, it on uh, Facebook. Oh, God, no. Oh, oh. God, yes. <laughs> Honestly, has this person ever heard of the dark web? Because that's, I mean, you don't even need the dark web for that one. No, you don't. And, I mean, I don't think he meant any malice by it, but the reality was he didn't think. He didn't think about it. And 
you know, give it, give out bonus checks, but do it through direct deposit, and you just get your little thing, and this is how much you got. That's fine. That works. He took he he took a picture of the check with the routing number, the bank number, everything with a, in full view. In full view. Oh God. That's and just so dumb. do you have any idea how much that costs the company? Somewhere north of now, oh, let's let's put it in the tens of thousands. The banker caught it pretty quick oh. and shut the account. Oh, down. good. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. But I mean, this is stuff that people don't think about. You know, they don't think rationally, so they do stupid stuff. They they don't think, and and then as a result of doing stuff, the company owners themselves get hurt a great deal. So you do smart things like you don't give your bookkeeper check signing authority. You make sure your financial statements are accurate and they're given to you by the 10th or the 15th of the following month. You look at your accounts payable balance and accounts receivable balance and make sure they balance what's on your balance sheet. Otherwise, I can I can steal money really easily by fooling around with journal entries. Promise. Oh, yes, they can. <laughs> yes, that is for yes. sure. That Very is for easily. sure. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you know what's amazing about all this? This has probably happened to every, almost everybody. Uh, many people don't even know it ever happened. Uh, they don't understand, well, I, what happened here? I, do they just not get it? I mean, they're well, so most- focused on on their business they they don't look at anything else well in all reality none of us started our businesses to do the financial side of business we started it to right. provide a service right. or do a product and most people unless they get caught you know i.e. they have to make payroll and they can't have the cash don't have the cash at the bank or a vendor calls demanding payment or something along those lines and they get into a cash flow crunch they they generally don't pay attention and or somebody mm-hmm. they find somebody stealing from them um, but once you start paying attention and once you start stop trusting. Business owners are too trusting. They don't put the procedures in place to keep the honest people honest. I mean, the, the statistics are really crazy. The Association of Fraud Examiners says about 7% of all revenues are embezzled every single year. I mean, that's just, you know, a little piece of all small business wow. revenues. The um, Hickcock is an insurance company, and obviously they write insurance fraud. The average amount was $284,000 that got embezzled or stolen. So, I mean, we're just, people just aren't paying attention. They just don't pay attention until something happens. Is it because they have so much to do themselves they can't pay attention? No, they don't want to pay attention. It's like exercise. Oh, they just don't want. <laughs> <laughs> it's like exercise. Wait a minute, Ruther. Exercise? <laughs> yeah. You're exercise, bad. right? But you don't do it. <laughs> or most people don't do it. <laughs> most people don't do it. It's not always fun, but you got to go do it. It's like financials don't have to be a whole lot of fun, but you got to do them. <laughs> no, I understand. And by the way, uh, if I ever get a title, I don't want it to be prince. I don't want it to be king. I want it to be profitability master. Thank you. That's a that's a very that's a great title you have there. Thank you. And then that's what I do is I help companies and I use the latest tools to help them get and stay profitable. That's my role in life. Well, how did you start out? Where did, where did you first become interested in this? I started out as a chemical engineer, believe it or not, and okay. went to school, um, worked in chemical engineering, and absolutely hated it. <laughs> so I went back to school, got my MBA, and found I had a love of numbers, and learned it and took it from that point ever since, and I can explain them in English rather than accounting babble, and light bulbs go on, and people do well, and... We have fun. So you, you've owned eight businesses yourself? Yes. I and still what own kind of businesses are we talking? 
Um, oh, you my do? Con- okay, yeah, well, that's good. My consulting business is um, where I do the, the speaking and the training and, and that type of thing. I have um, mm-hmm. an internet broadcasting network for small business owners called ProfitabilityRevolution.com, and we broadcast yeah. 24-7, 365 ideas that will help small business owners. We have 600 and some odd shows in our library, all focused on small business owners. Um, so, I mean, those are my two main ones right now. Um, I've had water business, which I didn't like, <laughs> a t-shirt business, which I loved, um, and, and other businesses as we go through this whole process. You had a water business? Yeah, I hated that. didn't last very long. What? I, I wasn't into well, What? It was, you know, the kind of before the Brita-type water filtration system. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of somewhat like an engineer would do. But that wasn't my thing. <laughs> and why did you hate it? Why did you hate it so much? Because it was just, I mean, I thought it would be a whole lot more fun to do than it was, but it wasn't the technology that I thought it was. It was just filtration, and that's boring to me. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Did you, when you were a child, did you just love numbers? And maybe later on in life realize how much you loved numbers? Well, I loved business as a kid. And then the numbers oh, you came did? second. Yeah, I, I had my first business when I was probably eight. And my, both of my lemonade my, stands don't count. No, lemonade stands don't count. But we used to grow and sell flowers. We used to do things. I used to sew and I knitted and and sold that type of thing. And um, both of my my dad and my grandfather were both entrepreneurs. And my grandmother, oh, okay. although she wasn't considered an entrepreneur, worked really really hard and, and did a lot of entrepreneurial things. So I think it's in my blood. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. You weren't so you were inspired by other members of your family. Yeah. And you know what's so interesting to me? I don't know if you, you, you know who Joe Satriani is, a great I guitar do. player. Yes. Oh, you know Joe, Joe Satriani? He was just on the show last week, and I was talking about that very thing, that that what he does is very mathematical, uh, and you have to be very analytical to be as good a guitar player as he is. Um, and he, he showed a great example, and I want your take on this, Ruth. That's okay. why I'm telling you the story, because I want your take on it. You take a, you pick up a guitar and you look at it and go, okay, well, there are six different strings on this. They're all six different sizes. What am I supposed to do with this as far as notes are concerned? Whereas a piano has 88 keys. Some of them are white. Some of them are black. It's very clear what where the notes are on a piano, whereas with a guitar... You can do things you can't do with a piano. That's true. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Th- there are people that that well, I would I would throw myself in, in this category. I do not have the ability, even though I do have a very analytical mind and I'm pretty good with numbers. I don't have the ability to be a great guitar player. I could play a guitar, but I could never become great at it because that's just not how my mind works. Well, and also uh, you, you haven't done the practice that Joe has done too. I'm sure. I mean, no, he, there's no question he, about that. Yeah. I mean, I played piano from the time I was probably in fourth grade to the time I was in twelfth grade. And then, you know, I got really good at it, but it's not it's not like a guitar. My daughter is much more musically inclined because she can play guitar, piano, every oh, okay. percussion instrument, um, clarinet. And she can just pick something up and actually just play it. I don't have that luxury. That's not me, even though I am analytical with respect to numbers. It's just not right. a skill that I have. I mean, Prince, a guy from from Minnesota, as a matter of fact, he could literally pick up any instrument or sit down at any instrument and play it. Yep. It didn't matter. It's amazing uh, how that how his brain worked is amazing to me, and how your brain works is amazing as well. 
because all these people just let all this stuff. Did you witness a lot of this before you wrote the book? I mean, just in person witness it. They're all my they're all my clients. Oh, they are. Okay, so you absolutely you absolutely <laughs> witnessed it. The, and did you? The reason I wrote the finally wrote the book is I had a guy call me on the phone. He never became a client and said, I have a problem because I think my financial statements are wrong. And would you, would you help me? And my answer is always yes. Um, send me your P&Ls and balance sheets for the past two years. And he did. And I started putting them into the Excel spreadsheet that I use, and the numbers weren't adding up. So, for example, if, you know, we have uh, vehicle expenses, for example, and you have, you know, gasoline and maintenance and tolls and parking and da-da-da-da-da, all those mm-hmm. sub-numbers, did not add to the total for vehicle expense. And I'm like, wait a minute, Excel doesn't make a mistake. We checked our numbers, and I said, okay, I'm going to pull out the adding machine just to make sure. <laughs> and sure, sure enough, the amount that was actually from the subtotal was much higher than the amount that the QuickBooks total said it was. So $51,000 of embezzlement later for one year, mm. oh, I God. said... That's it. This is the most diabolically creative way that I've ever seen to steal. And I'm finishing the book. That's it. Done. And I actually sat down and wrote it. How do people, do you know this part of it, how do people convince themselves that they're not doing anything wrong when they're stealing from their business? Some people, I think, just get a perverse pleasure in seeing how much they can get away yes. with. Other yeah, people I think that's true. That. Yeah, and other people think, well, you know, as we jokingly said at the beginning of the show, everybody thinks you're made of money. If if they mm-hmm. see that the owners of the company is, you know, going on vacation, doing this, buying fancy cars, and they're working their butts off and not for very much, they think, okay, he can afford it, I'm going to take a piece of it. But what's weird, Ruth, is you don't deserve a piece of it. This person, this man or woman worked their butts off to get where they are, they had great ideas, and then worked really hard from there. That's how they got all the money. How do you convince yourself that you deserve part of it, even though it wasn't your idea, and you didn't do all the hard work to turn it into a huge business? You're going to have to ask somebody with a sick mind. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) The book is called The Ugly Truth About Cash. You're a great guest, Ruth. We'd we'd love to have you back and talk more about this. I, I, I like the way you look at things. I'd be happy to come back. We can talk some more. I would love to, Ruth. Thank you for your time today. My pleasure. You have a great day. Ruth King, The Ugly Truth About Cash. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.